Welcome to the Tiger Cub Podcast, the official podcast of Greencastle Community Schools. We are your hosts. I'm CJ Shields, a technology integration specialist. And I'm Jenny French, assistant superintendent. Welcome to the March episode of the Tiger Cub Podcast. March, of course, means spring break. And in case you have forgotten, spring break will begin at the end of the school day on March 17th. School will then resume at the normal Monday start time on March 28th. Whether you are traveling across the world or staying here in Greencastle, I hope you have a wonderful and relaxing break. Last month, we learned about STEM and STEAM and focused on how the integration of science, technology, engineering, art, and math is changing how students learn at GMS and GHS. This month, we continue our focus on STEM and dive deeper into how those concepts are being integrated at the elementary level. Deer Meadow, Ridpath, and TZ each use a regular STEM curriculum called Project Lead the Way. Better known as PLTW, Project Lead the Way's elementary-focused launch curriculum aims to engage students in the subjects of science, technology, engineering, and math at the youngest grades. Ridpath principal Emily Johnson talks to us about PLTW at the primary level. As always, though, the first two minutes are dedicated to Superintendent Gibney and his monthly update. We are here for our monthly chat with Superintendent Jeff Gibney, and Jeff has a list of things that he would like to talk about in the March episode of the podcast. And first on that list is the Fab Lab that's coming to GHS. You may have seen some news about this recently in the Banner Graphic, but Jeff has some more information. Yeah, thanks for having me, CJ. So certainly it's been a goal of ours to uh, just increase the amount of hands-on learning experiences throughout all of our schools. And so we had the opportunity through funding with the uh, Greencastle Redevelopment Commission last year to create a fab lab at our middle school. And so that endeavor has been very successful. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you and your students uh, took a visit to our middle school fab lab. And there was a good conversation with some of the students. They're like, why can't we have one of these for our school? Yeah, they were very envious when they saw the middle school lab. Yeah, so as a result of that, um, uh, yourself, uh, Cadence Shaner, uh, Madison Voorhees, um, decided to put together a presentation or more or less a proposal uh, to go back to the Greencastle Redevelopment Commission to seek funding to purchase and install and um, to have uh, necessary funding to train the high school staff to ultimately bring a fab lab to the high school. And so as a result of that effort and um, presenting last week, we are going to move forwards and we are going to have a fab lab at Greencastle High School. That is very exciting. I'm I'm very also thankful for those Two young ladies who put that presentation together, they just did a fantastic job at the Redevelopment Commission. And if anybody has any questions about a Fab Lab, you can, of course, refer to the February episode where Joseph Hale went into great detail about what a Fab Lab consists of. But we're very excited about that opportunity that's coming to GHS. Yeah, so uh, that total investment is $195,000. And I would just like to point out, I also think it's really fabulous and really neat to see two young ladies uh, involved in STEM fields and just, uh, you know, during their presentation, sharing with the Redevelopment Commission how the STEM field will apply to their own professional careers. They really hit on how the Fab Lab impacts all areas, not just as a traditional kind of siloed standalone class, how it can really impact all areas. And that that's big and really important. So we're really excited to see the potential there. And another thing that we have going on is the after school program. It's actually been going on all year, but I know you have a, some additional information about that as well. 
Yeah, so we've been uh, very intentional in using some of our federal stimulus dollars to offer a 100% free, no cost to families, uh, after school program for students in kindergarten through fourth grade. And we've been able to serve uh, 100 students in K through four. And those students have had opportunities for some really cool uh, activities. Um, there's a strings program. Um, they're learning foreign language. As a matter of fact, uh, the last time I visited, Mrs. Barry and some of her students were uh, working with the students um, and, and teaching them French. And uh, that's just really cool and really neat and just another great uh, experience that we can offer our families. And, uh, of course, we also have the after-school program to where we serve 100 students in grades 5 through 8. And so there are just numerous opportunities for our students to get involved, and, and, and certainly we believe in supporting our, our young students and our families. Um, I would also like to mention that we do offer tutoring uh, to students in need. So uh, parents and students, if, if there is a need in your content area or a specific class, you know, please have a conversation with your, uh, your teacher or your student's teacher um, or building administrator because we are also using our, some of our federal stimulus dollars just to make sure that we can catch students up um, or, you know, advance them that much farther. And just to clarify, the tutoring is separate from the after-school program, so a parent could choose to do the tutoring and not do the after-school program or vice versa. Yeah, that, that's correct. I just wanted to kind of spotlight that um, just to make it, make it known that that is a possibility. It's only February as we're recording this, but the kindergarten roundup is coming soon. Yeah, so it's always one of my favorite time of year is seeing the class uh, preparing to come to, uh, to be Tiger Cubs. And so kindergarten roundup will take place um, on April 12th and 14th this year um, at both uh, Ridpath and Deer Meadow uh, from 3 to 7 p.m. I know that they're going to be operating a little bit differently uh, this year. They won't necessarily be focusing on the assessments on those dates. It's more or less uh, getting them uh, uh, familiar with the staff, showing them uh, the building, kind of explaining the program. Maybe more on the minds of everyone is spring break, which is coming up here soon. Yeah, so I think we're kind of getting to that point where everybody's ready for a little bit of a brain break, and uh, spring break will take place this year. Um, March 18th through the 25th. And then I think you have a couple of shout outs as well for some some of our students who've done really extraordinary work over the last month. Yeah, so we have amazing teachers, coaches, sponsors, and programs. And so I thought it necessary to, to highlight a couple of those uh, individuals or groups. And uh, beginning with Olivia Headley um, from the Tiger Sharks, um, who finished uh, 20th overall in the state in the 50 free. An amazing accomplishment for her and obviously for uh, our program. And then uh, just most recently, we had 12 high school students um, earn a gold rating um, at the state uh, ISMA, excuse me, at the ISMA state um, solo and ensemble competition. So again, uh, there are many, many hours spent uh, preparing for those events um, by the students and coaches and sponsors. And so we are very appreciative that they choose to represent our school system at those events. And um, definitely want to uh, celebrate their success. Congratulations to all of those students. Uh, hope that everybody has a great spring break, and we'll look forward to everyone listening to the podcast again in April as well. Yep, sounds great. On April, I'll look to uh, share an update on our building project. Great, we'll look forward to that. Ridpath was the first elementary school in the district to embrace Project Lead the Way and Principal Emily Johnson was instrumental in making that happen. 
Three years ago, after a discussion with some teachers and a trip to Indianapolis to observe how other schools utilize PLTW, Emily decided to go all in. Here she describes how the journey began. There was a great team of us put our heads together, got a great Project Lead the Way grant that funded the first full year. I think we were required to do two modules per each grade level. Um, that summer before we started, two teachers and myself, we went to Project Lead the Way and we did a three-day training in which we were trained to be able to come back and train our teachers. The one neat thing about Project Lead the Way is even though there is a set curriculum, set expectations, the students are really facilitated to do the learning and the discovery on their own. And so during that training that the three of us participated in, that was the neatest part was because the instructors were just gave us our materials, said this is where we're going, get there. And the discovery and the conversation and the pure joy that three adult women had discovering these ideas and putting these pieces together and the teamwork were phenomenal. Once teachers had been trained, they were ready to implement learning modules with students. Emily talks about the space where students work on PLTW activities at Ridpath. We have designated a Project Lead the Way room in which all of our science happens. Um, we love the idea that the students leave their home-based classroom to come in and everything's there. Not only does PLTW teach students about STEM subjects, the enthusiasm that is generated often allows reluctant learners to engage in activities they typically do not enjoy. They have launch logs, um, and it's amazing because a lot of students don't like to story write. And they go to the launch log, and they see themselves as a scientist or a discoverer. And so they are anxious to put their ideas or what they think is going to happen. Currently, each grade level at Ridpath completes one PLTW module. Emily enthusiastically shares the specifics of each grade level's module. One of my favorite modules for kindergarten students is called Animal Adaptations. And the culminating activity they do is um, habitats. And so in January, they finished this up and they invited guests in and they were able to be in their rooms to discuss their habitats, to discuss the animals they had. Um, they were, they even had shared some research they had done, which was outside of Project Lead the Way, but very much fed into, um, you know, understanding what you're reading, having, making predictions, um, using some context skills to put some things together. First grade, one of the, um, the modules they do that is my favorite as well, is they, Project Lead the Way had given a shoe, um, just a plain white canvas tennis shoe, and the students were given a region with different type of weather or temperature. And with the shoe, they were given materials to support that region they lived in. And for instance, if they lived in the desert with a lot of extreme heat, what could they do to keep their feet cool, keep their feet dry, um, or living in a rainforest, keep their feet dry? And in second grade, um, this one was probably my favorite out of all we've done because it does involve food, and that's the way to my heart. Um, but they were given lots of materials. Um, they first were given the idea and strategy of how do you keep a popsicle frozen if you don't have a freezer? and ice available. And so the students had collected um, paper towel tubes, um, cotton, um, they had straws, uh, tape, aluminum foil, they had a, just a huge plethora of items. And they first tried to design 
um, you know, with uh, creating it on paper. Then they went to the stage of putting some things together. Now, they weren't ever given the popsicle just yet at this time, um, but they were given something that was similar to the size and diameter, I think, of the popsicle to make sure that it would fit in um, for them to kind of see if they needed to do some insulation. Um, and then they got the popsicle uh, to see, and then they had a time limit to see how long it kept it frozen. The skills in Project Lead the Way modules are skills that are essential for school and life, teamwork, iteration, and brainstorming, to name a few. Emily describes a typical working scene. Their conversation was phenomenal. Um, they were broke up into probably teams of three or four, and if somebody went to where materials were located, somebody might say, so I see you're grabbing more aluminum foil. Why are you doing that? And somebody else might say, well, the tube that I'm putting in is too big, and I think it needs to have something that's going to keep it cold. And then you just see these light bulbs, one after the other, go off, and somebody else would go to their group and go, okay, listen, I just heard someone say this. Let's put this in place. And so that's exactly what they did. The future of PLTW is bright at Ridpath. Um, and then the goal is, I think, to stay maintain three modules. Um, I we figured out that we are would be successful putting in a fourth one. Um, still trying to make sure that we hit our science and social studies standards that are outside of Project Lead the Way. But again, we have found some really good ways to connect those things. We ended the February podcast with a two-minute focus on professional development. After receiving some positive feedback, I decided to continue the segment this month. Last month, I mentioned the great George Kiros book, The Innovator's Mindset. If you haven't read The Innovator's Mindset, I would highly recommend that you grab a copy. The themes cross boundaries of grade and subject, and this month's thought also comes from The Innovator's Mindset. On page 47, Kiros states, Great educators can work within the constraints of the system and still create innovative learning opportunities for their students. The things we cannot control are immense. State testing windows, COVID quarantines, length of the school day, start time, length of the class period, room temperature, and what students know when they arrive, and those are just a few. In reality, we only control one thing, how we react to the situation. The easy path is, of course, to blame the factors beyond our control for limiting our creativity with students. The path great educators take is to think within their constraints and develop the most creative approach possible. Will it work every time? No, it will not. But that is good, because when we don't succeed, we evaluate ourselves and look deeply at what did not work. After doing this, we begin to develop a feedback loop that gives us the freedom to create those innovative learning opportunities within a system that often seems bent on limiting them. For now, that's all from Tiger Cub Country. We would like to thank Jen Finn, a teacher at Greencastle High School, for suggesting the name Tiger Cub Podcast. Also, Parker Black is a Greencastle Schools alum and current DePaul student who created all the original music for the podcast.